grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Our text today will be taken from the reading in the Gospel of Mark. You may be seated. We begin today with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we give you thanks on this day for your Son, Jesus Christ, who has sacrificed and given us all things so that we might be secure and happy in your kingdom. Uh, Lord, we pray this day that you would teach us what it means to live and to give uh, in faith, trusting you to provide all that we need. Now, Lord, grant us your Holy Spirit, and may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have you guys ever found yourselves out uh, people watching? Like if you're at a baseball game or some kind of sporting event or you go to the mall or sometimes maybe even here at church at a, at a restaurant or maybe down at the beach, you, you find yourself watching the people, wondering what's going on in their lives, what's happening with them. My mom likes to play this game where she, she kind of makes up stories about what's happening in the lives of the people she's seeing. Why are those people uh, seem so excited? Why do those people seem sad and down? What's going on in the lives of these people? Well, as you ever go, if you ever go people watching, one of the things you'll start to notice is there, there are some people out there who really like to be watched. They're out there and they're, they're sort of putting on a show. They don't mind that you notice them. They like to be noticed. They like to be seen. And so they enjoy being people watched. At the same time, you see the other end of the spectrum. There are people out there who want to be avoided. They, they don't want to make any sort of eye contact whatsoever. They would rather prefer to remain hidden. If you ever go people watching down at the beach, you'll see these people very often uh, digging through trash cans and just hoping to find a place uh, to be comfortable for the evening. They don't want you to notice them at all. And as you people watch, you wonder, what's going on in the lives of these people? What's causing them to laugh, to fear, to cry, to rejoice? What is going on in the lives of the people? And we wonder. Well, today, as we come to Mark chapter 12, we've been invited to go people-watching with Jesus. And now here's the thing. When you go people-watching with Jesus, one of the things you find out is that Jesus doesn't really wonder what's happening in anybody's life. He knows. He knows everything. From the people he sees, he knows their thoughts, their words, their deeds. He knows their heart. And the thing with Jesus is, is that what he does with what he knows is very different from what you and I might do with it. See, Jesus judges things in a completely different way than you and I would. The, the way Jesus views things to us seems completely upside down. And so it's going to be really interesting for us today to go with Jesus and to go people watching today and, and to listen to what he has to say about the people he sees. Now, where we are people watching with Jesus today is very significant. We're going to be sitting in the treasury portion of the temple area. And this is a very important place for the temple. In that treasury area, there are 13 boxes. And these boxes are the place where people come to bring their offerings. And everybody kind of gathers to this place. It is a very busy area in the temple. There, of course, you have the religious leaders who are observing everything going on, making sure everything is sort of copacetic and they're, they're watching everything happen. You've got the wealthy who are there giving everything that they can, of course, and you've got the poor who are giving whatever they can, of course, and you've got everybody in between. It, it is a very busy area. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to sit down with Jesus and we're going to listen to what he has to say about who he sees. 
Now, the first group he mentions today, as he's sitting there, is the religious leaders, the scribes. And now the scribes are looking very good on this particular day. They have shown up and they're there in their long robes with their nice stoles and maybe little crosses. Anyways, uh, there they are, uh, and they look very nice and very holy, and everybody's happy to see them. Everybody's walking up to them and shaking their hands and greeting them and saying, Oh, preacher, that was a great sermon last week. The Lord really gave us a good one with you. You are such a blessing. Listen, we've got these tickets, front row seats. We want you to have them. We want you to come to our party this week because you are going to be the guest of honor. And with all the sort of false humility in the world, the scribes just love it. They take it all in. They love this attention. They love how they are praised. They love how they are noticed. Now they look pretty good and pretty holy and pretty pious to everyone else and they sound that way too. But here's the thing, when you go people watching with Jesus, he's not nearly as impressed with such things as we are. And Jesus looks at these scribes, these religious leaders, and says, now those guys, beware of those guys. Yeah, they look pretty holy and righteous and good, but their eyes are not fixed on you whom God has sent them to love. They are fixed on themselves. They are not here to help you praise God. They like to receive that praise themselves. They do this for themselves. They love the accolades, they love the attention, and they love the side benefits. Yeah, they have holy-sounding prayers because they figured out how to make the prayers sound good enough to raise a little more attention for themselves. And in all of this, they're taking advantage of the very people they've been called by God to serve. At the end of all of this, Jesus says words that will keep any preacher up at night, at least they should. They will receive the greater condemnation. Yo. Suddenly, people watching with Jesus isn't so much fun anymore. It's getting a little unnerving. It begins to make us a little bit more uncomfortable. But now Jesus switches his focus. He takes his eyes off of the clergy, and now he's looking at another group of people there in the treasury area. Now he fixes his eyes on the wealthy, the rich. And these are people who show up to the treasury, and everybody notices them. Everybody is, you know, really kind of glad they're there because these are the sort of people who can pay off the Imagine Fund so long as you say thank you to them in the right way, you see. Here they are with all of their money, and they show up. Most likely, the way they're showing up is with bags, bags of gold and silver coins. And they take those bags over to the 12, one of these 13 boxes in the treasury, and they pour them in. And they probably liked hearing the sound. It sounds like a casino. Not that I would know what it sounds like at a casino. But you know, sometimes you do well there and you pull the slot and you hear all the change going on. That's what it sounds like when they're pouring their money and it's a happy sound to their ears. They came with a lot. And they gave a lot because they had a lot. And lest you and I judge them too quickly, we gotta be honest a little bit here. It wouldn't be so bad to have somebody giving that way here in the church from time to time, huh? I mean, maybe if your heart's not in it, I'm not concerned, but if your wallet is, that's fine, okay, you see. But Jesus, not Jesus. Jesus isn't concerned so much with the wallet as he is with the heart. And see, when you go people watching with Jesus, he's just not nearly as impressed with the things that impress us. He looks at them and says, well, yeah, well, okay, 
they gave out of their abundance. That doesn't sound all that bad, right? I mean, after all, what else are they supposed to give out of? How else should the wealthy give? I mean, it was their giving, of course, that was keeping the temple running. Their giving was helping the church out a great deal. Uh, Their giving was a positive thing, and they would give, and then they would go home in their luxury vehicle and turn on their big screen TV and eat their escargot popcorn. I mean, really, it was a win-win for everybody. God gets his money, they get their comfort and their luxury, Dave Ramsey's impressed, and we're all impressed. As far as we're concerned, these guys have it all figured out. I mean, they have figured out how to tithe and stay rich. Good heavens, that sounds like a best-selling book in a Christian bookstore. But what you see here is the same thing you see with with the religious leaders. People giving for attention. People giving for themselves. Perhaps they're giving to impress others. Perhaps they're giving to impress God. Or at least they're giving to keep God from making them feel guilty about their wealth. About their greed, really. They can say something like this. Look, I've checked the box off of my religious to-do list. God can't judge me for not tithing. I've already done everything I'm supposed to do. He can no longer show up and accuse me for greediness. If he does, I'll pull out the list. And I'll show up my giving records. Besides, I've worked hard for this money. It's my money. I've earned it and I deserve it. I don't need to give more, even if it does help the poor. If the poor want more money, maybe they need to work for it and earn it for themselves. Maybe they need to try harder. Who does God think he is anyway? asking me to give more, to sacrifice more, to give abundantly. I've set my budget, I've checked my box, I've done my duty. And you see, that's really the problem for us sinners. When we go people watching with Jesus, he sees things we don't see. He exposes the pride and the greed and the self-justification that reside in our hearts and that many of us would just prefer to not deal with. Because we benefit sometimes from that greed and self-justification. So now we're growing very uncomfortable with this Jesus. People watching with Jesus makes us very uneasy. And we're kind of hoping that he doesn't turn his gaze towards us. We're kind of hoping that he doesn't look at us at this moment. And then suddenly we notice he's not because he's got his eyes fixed on somebody else. He is transfixed on somebody else there in the crowd that you and I otherwise might not have seen. It's the lady from down at the beach who's going through the trash can. The one you happily look away from and who doesn't want to see you anyways. She walks up and she drops in two copper coins. Two copper coins is roughly the equivalent of a penny, if even that, in our culture. And she probably got the money uh, from begging. After all, she had to beg. She was a widow. And in that culture, that meant she had no one to care for her no one to provide for her, and no one to protect her. She had literally nothing, and socially she was considered nothing. But don't tell her that, because she knows she has a God who is watching over her. And she may not see Jesus' eyes fixed upon her. She might not see the smile on Jesus' face, but she clearly trusts that there is a Father in heaven who will provide for her who will protect her, and who will look out for her. And we think she's crazy. 
Pastor Matt was telling me a story on, uh, of how on his vicarage, they had a service that had a large number of, of homeless people who would attend that service. And sometimes we have to ask ourselves, and I, you know, sometimes these stories are convicting, uh, why don't we see that taking place in our own congregation? But Matt was telling me, Pastor Matt was telling me that they would come in, and these people who literally had nothing, they would come in and they would drop money into the basket, drop money into the plate, you know, uh, that they had earned that day from begging on the side of the road. That was their dinner. That was their meal they were dropping into the plate. The question Jim asked in the children's message today was a little legitimate concern. What can I get for three days on a dollar? And we would watch this, and you and I know this is exactly what we would ask. We would say, but don't they need to eat? God would understand if they kept the money. This is madness. Hold on to that. God's okay with it. Listen, that's all you have to live on. But of course, that's not all they have to live on, and that's exactly what the widow knows. She knows she has her father watching over her. And so the problem is, for us, we're people watching with Jesus, that he's judging things in a way that is entirely different and upside down from how we judge things. And he sees the situation and says this, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing out of the offering, or contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put into everything she had all she had to live on. He sees her, as Jesus so often does. He sees those that the world is not impressed with, the lowly, the hurting, the suffering, the beggars, and he smiles upon them. Here's a woman who has nothing in her hand but knows and trusts that God has her in the palm of his hand. And so she knows that whatever she has materially, she has everything because she has the kingdom of God. She doesn't need this money for God to provide for her. She trusts his promises and know that with those promises, there is always more where that came from. Now you got to be careful here because I don't want you to start thinking this. The, the account here is not about how to buy a smile from Jesus. If I just give more, then Jesus will be oppressed. No, that's not impressed. That's not the point at all. In this giving, she's earning nothing from God through this act of faith. No, she acts in faith because she knows that God will already provide for her. She knows the truth that God is already smiling upon her. She seems to know that very thing that you and I so quickly and sinfully forget when it comes to issues of money is that our God is the one who's given us everything we have in the first place. Everything you have in your life is a gift from Him. And He is the sort of God who is generous towards those He loves. He holds nothing back. See, our God does the very thing that we seem so incapable to do. He's the sort of God who sets aside all of His glory, all the wealth, all the riches of heaven so that he might sacrifice it all for your sake on the cross. He's the God who gives you everything you need to live on, his righteousness, his holiness, his blessedness, and all of it he gives to you for free is a gift, a gift which he bought with his blood, poured out as a sacrifice on the cross in your place. See, our Father looked down, the gaze of Jesus fell upon us, and he sent, so the Father sent Jesus to us poor sinful selfish greedy people and chose to replace all of that with his riches of grace 
the Lord Jesus Christ for you has offered his life on the altar of the tree before God. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, the Father smiles upon you. And this woman, she knew it. She knew the Father had her in the palm of his hand. She had received the kingdom of God. And as Jesus says, if I've given you the kingdom of God, I will add all these other things to you as well. And she got it. She has the kingdom. And to us, just having the kingdom looks like poverty. Looks like nothing, but it's everything in the eyes of Jesus. And now, of course, as we're here, the reality is Jesus' gaze does fall upon you. Jesus does look upon you where you are sitting here this morning. And for some of us, this is rather uncomfortable news. Because Jesus sees your heart and he sees how you give. And he sees you who give from your abundance and perhaps need to repent of your greed. For some of you, this gaze falling on you this morning is wonderful news. It's marvelous news. It's, it's tremendous to hear this, that Jesus sees your gift. He knows how hard it was for you to give it. He knows how difficult it is and the wrestling match that you went through thinking if this was something you could actually do. And he looks upon you this morning and he smiles. Don't get me wrong, I'm nervous too. Because his eyes also fall on the scribe in the pulpit who loves the accolades and ought to fear some more the greater condemnation. Jesus' gaze falls on all of us here this morning. He sees our sins and he sees our faith. And to all of us here, all of you and to me, he says this with a smile. Peace be with you. I see you. Don't you trust me to provide for you? I've come to give you the kingdom and I will add all those other things to you as well. I have sacrificed everything for you. What do you think I'm holding back? Nothing. Repent. And believe this good news. I forgive you. And trust me, there's plenty more where that came from. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we pray for your mercy to be upon us. Teach us, Lord, to give in faith as the woman uh, at the treasury that day. Lord, we pray that we would be found faithful to you, and we thank you that no matter what we are going through or facing or wrestling with, Jesus himself is always faithful to us. In his name we pray. Amen.